This is KCRW. I'm Madeline Brand. Time now for our weekly movie reviews. And now that it's October, well, it's officially scary movie season. And from the paranormal horrors of an exorcism to the everyday horror of just being a woman in a bar, there is no shortage of frights on offer this week. We have two movie critics to help us decide what to see and what to skip. Allison Wilmore is film critic for New York Magazine and Vulture. Hi, Allison. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Great to have you back. And Tim Grierson is senior U.S. critic for Screen International and the author of This Is How You Make a Movie. Hi, Tim. Hi, Madeline. Let us begin with The Exorcist Believer. It stars Leslie Odom Jr. as the father of a young girl who wanders off into the woods with a school friend. And then they both return three days later, having caught something a little more sinister than a cold. You have some experience with possession. Yes, more than I'd like. I believe you can help get our girls back. Exorcism is a ritual. Every culture, every religion, they all use different methods. It's going to take all of them. Don't be scared. We've met before. Ooh, okay. Is that Ellen Burstyn I hear, Tim? That's her. That's her. From She's the OG back. Exorcist. From the OG, yes. She's back and the devil's back. They're both back. It's October. It's that time of year. I mean, this is directed by David Gordon Green, who brought back the Halloween movies a few years ago. And like those uh, reboots, direct sequels, he is trying to create more of a like a realistic sort of gimmick free version of the original Exorcist. And you have two uh, young girls who are possessed this time. And as that clip indicated, they basically assemble an Avenger-style team of all these different religions to save these girls and pull these demons out of them. And for me, I, you know, I, the first half of this movie, I sort of liked what David Gordon Green was trying to do. He's going for a slow burn, very kind of stripped down, realistic uh, exorcism movie, kind of what William Friedkin was trying to do with the 1973 original. It's well acted. It's got Leslie Odom Jr. Like you said, also has Anne Dowd. It's got a good cast. My problem is that eventually as the gears start to turn and eventually becomes an exorcism movie, you realize that we've had 50 years of exorcism films, not just all the exorcist sequels and prequels, but so many other movies that have worked in this mode. And it's hard for this movie to do anything that, that is that original or that interesting. So for me, ultimately, the movie didn't work. And what's even more depressing is that apparently there are going to be two more sequels after this one, which I really, really am not interested in seeing. Wow. Okay. So the devil you know. Allison, Universal paid $400 million for the rights to this franchise. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know, it's... IP is is still worth so much to all of these studios. Anything that might be familiar to audiences, they're still willing to shell out just exorbitant amounts of money. But it's hard for me to see, even for audiences that are so hungry for horror, it's hard for me to see how this is going to work out well for Universal. This film is just not very scary. You know, I think to, to Tim's point, that there's only so much you can kind of do before you end up, you know, in the room with the possessed. And mm -hmm. and it's tricky to to make an exorcism frightening. And, you know, I don't think that David Gordon Green really pulls that off. Uh, and I think the most the biggest idea this film has is the attempts to kind of decatholicize 
you know, the, uh, the kind of the idea of the exorcist, but uh, I mean, Catholicism is like pretty baked into a lot of not just kind of the format of the films, but a lot of the fears they're playing on. And so the, the film kind of ends up in an odd point in trying to kind of open up the traditions that it, it's dealing with while at the same time uh, holding on to a lot of these ideas about guilt and punishment and, and um, you know, sin uh, that, mm-hmm. that feel left over from the original. So it, it wasn't very successful for me. Okay. The Exorcist Believer in wide release on Friday. Up next, we have Cat Person. This is an adaptation of the New Yorker short story by Kristen Rupenian that went viral during the Me Too movement. It's about a young woman who goes on a really bad date with an older man and then can't get rid of him. It stars Amelia Jones and Cousin Greg from Succession, Nicholas Braun. Why lie about having cats? Because liking cats makes a guy seem non-threatening. Harmless. He's hiding something. I need to keep someone away from me. You scared me. People choose to be scared. Allison, this seems like it's trying to be a horror movie or a thriller or something <laughs> like that. Um, does it does it work? And how does it compare to the short story? Yeah, you know, if you remember the short story, and I had like gone back and reread it before watching this movie, um, you know, the short story is mostly about the misunderstandings and the text versus real life, you know, kind of situation in this ill-fated relationship that just kind of ends on this incredibly sour note. Um, Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, the filmmakers decided that in adapting it to film, they were going to try and turn it into a thriller without really changing the kind of most of the major beats, at least until the ending. This, this movie, I think, is a kind of a fascinating disaster. It it has an ending that I will not spoil, but we'll just say it is not, it keeps going past where the short story ends into a very dramatic conclusion uh, that I just, I just, like my jaw was agape. I couldn't believe that that was a choice that they decided to make. Uh, it is a very big choice, so certainly credit to them on that front. But it's, I think it just doesn't, the movie just doesn't capture so much of the stuff that made the short story resonate with people so much, at which point you kind of wonder, why do you need to adapt it in the first place? Exactly. Go read the short story and that'll be your Friday night. (laughs) Uh, Tim, what did you think of Cat Person? Well, the short story is definitely better than the film. Uh, I've, I've been defending this movie slightly uh, since Sundance when it premiered, so I'll, I will do my best to defend it again. The ending is not good, as Allison pointed out. It is The ending is a mistake and pushes too far and doesn't work. One of the other big problems with the movie is it kind of tries to literalize stuff that worked better in the short story. The thing, though, that I liked about the film and thought that made it ultimately work despite several missteps along the way is I think Amelia Jones and Nicholas Braun are quite good as this possible couple. The movie opens with the famous Margaret Atwood quote about men are afraid that women are going to make fun of them and women are afraid that men are going to kill them. And that's essentially the thesis that the movie follows. And so while it is in some ways a thriller it's also a movie about sort of what's going on inside Margot's head in terms of She thinks that this Robert guy, played by Nicholas Braun, he seems sweet. He seems harmless. They start to hang out. They start to text. He seems okay. But there's so many signals in the culture where, like, you can't trust guys. You got to be careful around guys. And so that starts to 
fill her head, but also just because she's in college and she's fearful, like walking across campus at night, she knows that the world is filled with scary, bad men. And so she doesn't know how to take Robert. And I think Nicholas Braun does a good job in the film of playing a guy who might just be super awkward. He's a big film guy. He loves talking about Harrison Ford movies. And well, that should have been her first warning to run away. (laughs) (laughs) I think Nicholas Braun does this really good job of kind of walking the line between is he a typical like uh, film bro over explainer mansplainer type of guy, which is one type of bad guy, or is there something more sinister about him? Cat Person in wide release on Friday. From one sinister older man to a bar full of them. Next up, we have The Royal Hotel. It's written and directed by Australian filmmaker Kitty Green. It stars Julia Garner and Jessica Henwick as two American backpackers in Australia who run out of money and then take a job at a remote bar in the outback. We're on vacation. We should be on a beach somewhere. We have sunshine and booze in a box. Let's put up with it for a few weeks, make some cash. It'll toughen us up. Right. Gold is for cold gold. Red is Redland. Honey's in his hand. You get him a beer. Why do you want to come all the way out here? It was the furthest away. Tim, this film was inspired by a 2016 documentary called Hotel Cool Guardy about two women from Finland who did basically the same thing. What did you think? Uh, if you see one movie this weekend about uh, women in peril, this is the one, not Cat Person. Uh, this is the new film from Kitty Green. She's a filmmaker who worked with Julia Garner before this film on her previous film, The Assistant. She also made a documentary uh, called Casting John Benet. And what Kitty Green is interested oh, in as I a love filmmaker, that documentary. Uh, I'm a huge fan. It's still my favorite of all of her movies. And what Kitty Green does is she is interested in women not feeling safe in like public spaces, essentially. And that's what she sort of analyzes in her films. And that's just the case in the Royal Hotel as well. Julia Garner and Jessica Henwick play these backpackers that go to the Outback. They start working at this bar where they're essentially just sexually harassed day and night. And all the older male you know, customers are like, oh, you know, we're just playing around. We're just having fun. You should smile more, lighten up. The film is filled with all of these just sort of microaggressions and this like constant gaslighting of, oh, you you girls, you're worrying too much. We're, we're harmless. But Hannah and Liv, the two characters that Julia Garner and Jessica Hemwick play, feel more and more uncomfortable. And Hannah, mm. Julia Garner's character, feels more and more increasingly uncomfortable and wants to leave and for reasons i think are very interesting and not explained Liv isn't enjoying it necessarily but she's like we can tough it out we can hang out we can we can do this there's a little bit of a of a like a fracture in their friendship as this movie goes along and it builds to this conclusion that um i don't know if it entirely works but it feels like a logical extension of the tension and the microaggressions and this feeling of is something going to happen? Something finally happens Mm. at the end of the movie. Um, I don't know if it's entirely well executed, but regardless, I think this film is really sharp, really smart. Both of those performances are really good. Hugo Weaving as the guy who's very permissive, who runs the bar and tells him not to worry so much. He's also very good at being just a horrible, loathsome human being. (laughs) 
Allison, it sounds like this movie is achieving what Cat Person tried to do and failed. Yeah, it's very funny to talk about this immediately after Cat Person because they the both films try and contend with so much of the same thing, which is, you know, being a woman in an environment where you you don't feel safe, you don't feel comfortable, but also I think being a woman and trying to parse all of the different conflicting signals that you're getting to try and understand if you are going to be safe. You know, I think one thing that this film like does so well are show all of the little calibrations that these characters constantly have to make all of the kind of like, you know, the adjustments that they're making in their head to, you know, be friendly, uh, you know, look friendly to men uh, that they're who are at the bar, but also like keep them at a distance close enough so they don't get the wrong idea. Um, Tim, it, it did uh, it did tickle me a bit that you were wondering why Liv, Jessica Henwick's character, uh, wanted to stay. I do feel like if you have ever been the kind of, you know, the responsible friend uh, with a party friend. <laughs> like, you know, if you've ever been the responsible friend who has like had a friend that you've had to kind of always constantly like make sure they're not getting in trouble and make sure they get home safe. I think that relationship will make total sense to you. It's I think it's a very good depiction of, of that dynamic. Uh, I do wish there had been a little more done with it, uh, particularly towards the, the climax of the film. But I think uh, in particular, Julia Garner, who was so good in The Assistant as well, is just a great screen presence and is really good at, at just navigating this kind of difficult, you know, working relationship and friendship and all of these like little slights and little dramas she has to overcome. I think it's a, it's a great performance. And, and it's a movie that I think overall is, is, is quite good. The Royal Hotel in wide release on Friday. Finally, a reprieve from the sinister October movies. We have a comedy called Dick's the Musical based on an off-off-Broadway musical with a title we cannot say on the radio by Aaron Jackson and Josh Sharp. They also star in the film, and it's a body R-rated spoof on The Parent Trap with a lot of song and dance. The only thing I have from the dad I never knew is half of a locket. We must be brothers. Not just brothers, Trevor. Twins. Wow, we're twins. If mom and dad got married again, then we'd have a real family. What if we trick them into getting back together? What are you doing here? <gasps> the twins. Okay, Allison, it's, that's <laughs> Nathan Lane, Megan Mullally, Megan The Stallion, Bo and Yang. A huge cast of uh, big personalities. What do you think of the movie? Well, as you may be able to tell just from the trailer, uh, this is a movie that thrives on chaos. <laughs> it is. It has all sorts of stuff going on. In addition to the song and dance, you have, you know, uh, Sharp and Jackson, who are two gay men, are playing these caricatures of hetero alpha males. You know, these like suit wearing, women chasing, uh, line cutting jerks. Uh, you know, Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally are doing incredibly, are playing incredibly weird characters. And this is, we haven't even gotten to the fact that uh, one of them keeps these kind of mutants that he found in the sewer as pets and feeds them chewed up ham. Uh, the, as I guess, like, you know, they can't wow. chew it themselves. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff going on in this movie. Uh, too much to summarize. I think it's like really fun until it gets really tiring by the end. It's hard to maintain that sort, that level of just like manic energy and kind of like this really you know, uh, anarchic sense of humor. Uh, but there are definitely scenes in this movie I will never forget. <laughs> and I did enjoy Megan the Stallion. She gets, yeah, she plays the boss uh, at the office the two characters work at, and she gets uh, a particularly memorable song that ends with her leading her male employees around by their ties as if they were leashes. 
Ooh, okay. <laughs> I sense some revenge in this whole theme here for the bad men theme of our film segment. Tim, what did you think? Too too much of a muchness or? Too much it? of a muchness was, was how I felt too. The first half, this movie was only about 85 minutes long and the first half is such a blast. Uh, it's so funny. It's a musical. And I think the musical, the songs are better. They're stronger in the first half. The whole thing is just better in the first half. Like Allison, I think it, runs out of gas before the ending unfortunately i just think the songs aren't as good it's just not as funny as the movie goes along there are great bits and pieces like allison said but i never saw the off off broadway show that this is based on my understanding is that they uh expanded it to make it feature length there is a part of me that wonders if the off off broadway show was tighter and more like jokes per minute that landed whereas the film it feels a little more protracted all right, Dix, the musical is in wide release beginning Friday. A great note to end on. Tim Gerson is senior U.S. critic for Screen International and the author of This Is How You Make a Movie. And Alison Wilmore is film critic for New York Magazine and Vulture. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.